Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris, and we're broadcasting live from lovely, though rather chilly, Austin, Texas. So, Julie, my dear, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's going to be a great, fun, and interesting show today. I'm looking forward to it. I've um, been getting a lot of emails from listeners asking me for more information on some of the books and whatnot that Julie and I talk about on the radio show, and um, I've got probably about 30 emails that I'm going to respond to today. So if you guys have emailed us in the past couple of days, because we have been mentioning a lot of ways you guys can kind of advance your learning about some of the specific topics that we're talking about, I will be replying to all the emails uh, in about an hour, and I'll be sending you guys links to the, you can buy books on Amazon or videos or whatever. So if any of you ever have any comments, feedbacks, questions, concerns, um, or praise, that's always good. You guys can keep your negative comments to yourself. We don't need those. Uh, but other than that, if you have anything else you guys would like to pass along to us or suggestions for show topics, trust me when I tell you we love that. Um, and if you want to, for us to talk about more, uh, a specific topic, we love that too. And Julie, I'll just tell you, and it might benefit um, our listeners as well, is the thing that I'm getting a lot of feedback on, folks asking for more information about, is I think it was yesterday's point number 27 or 28, when we were talking about, is in essence talking about psychological fear, ego fear, mm-hmm. versus uh, you know real fear in essence that most of the fear that we feel in life nowadays is basically ego-based fear. So it's not real fear, it's fear you can control, but that ego-based fear is actually preventing you from moving forward and making money. A lot of people were interested in that topic, so you and I will have to do some shows on that. You know, It's not something it's that... Noted. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a topic we really... Uh, deep dive into that frequently because a lot of people it doesn't resonate. A lot of people aren't comfortable talking about this stuff. It's a little bit too out there, a little bit too, I don't know, almost surreal. Like, you know, something you'd hear on the X-Files. Yes, Julie and I watch the X-Files. <laughs> so, but, you know, for the rest of you, it, it's something really meaningful. It's, it's interesting when you guys are able to kind of get to the heart of why it is that you know, you do the things you do the way you do them or conversation you had. And I'll, I'll share with you guys a, a story. So, um, we had Rob Johnson, Robert Johnson, who's one of the top realtors in the country. He sells in one of the most expensive enclaves of homes in the country, um, Greenwich, Connecticut. His average sale price is, you know, multiple millions of dollars and deals with some of the oldest sort of, you know, American aristocratic families, the whole nine yards. So, um, you know, I'm talking with Rob this morning, and Rob's been resistant, not really terribly resistant, but somewhat resistant to following the listing presentation that we use, to using the Sharpie close, to using the pre-listing pack, just essentially having an organized approach. And he thought, I guess, for a long time, and I've been coaching this guy for like a year, and it's taken him that long to really wrap his mind around the importance of actually having, you know, essentially doing the listing presentation as we suggest, following the pre-listing pack. So he started doing it about two weeks ago. And so his the root of his fear, remember, this is a very, very successful guy and a very, very high-end market who's been very, very successful, you know, his entire career. Um, and he's been very hesitant to ever be perceived at what he thought might be, uh, like, too aggressive. So he was worried that if he followed the listing presentation, the pre-listing pack, and used some of the scripts that we suggested, you know, internally, he had been struggling with that. 
So he had an oppor- two opportunities in the last week since our last call. And one of the listings was like $4.5 million, and the other was like $5.5 million. And these were not people that he knew. So these were not you know, centers of influence, past client type deals. These were listings where he actually had to compete. Well, in both cases, he actually followed the system. In both cases, he actually used the Sharpie Close. And coaching clients, you know what that is. You've got to be using it. If you need to brush up on that, definitely go into Real Estate Coaching Essentials and watch the training videos on how to do that. In both cases, he used the pre-listing pack. And here's what happened. To his amazement, the sellers, and one of the sellers was like close to $10 million. The seller said, um, yes, I want to list with you. And they also said, one of the reasons I want to list with you is because you had a more professional, direct approach to your listing presentation. You know, they actually thanked him for taking that approach opposed to what most realtors do, which go there and they, they just try to bond with the seller. Because he acted like a professional, it resonated with these folks at a higher level. So, you know, we were talking about ego a second ago, and so what was holding him back before? Well, it was his fear. It was his fear of what will they think of me, you know, how will I handle myself if they ask me a question like that. You know, all these sort of psychological fears were holding him back. You know, and he decided to, you know, set those aside and then deep dive into the content that we've been providing for him, and it absolutely floored the sellers. You guys can have those exact same experiences. Listing a house, the whole process of, you know, generating a listing lead, pre-qualifying a listing lead, going on an appointment, you know, sending the pre-listing pack, all that is actually very, very, very easy. That's the truth. It's easy. You just have to learn the process and then follow the process. There's no you know, witchcraft or alchemy to what we teach you guys. There's no, you know, there's no arm twisting. There's no secret handshake closes. There's none of that Mickey Mouse. It's just very pure, honest, ethical um, approach to helping folks sell their homes. And when you follow it, you will have consistent success. That's the way it works. So, Julie, I know, uh, what's our topic of our show today, by the way? The topic of our show is 10 ways to dump the negativity this year. Not that that ever happens in real estate, but, you know. Right. So you, you had a shout out. You had a shout mm-hmm. out before we got to that point number one. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Speaking of professional agents who are coachable and you know use the material to their benefit, we have a great coaching client in Atlanta, Gail Harris. And as far as I know, we are not any uh, relatives, although she may be one of your distant cousins. I'm not sure. So uh, Gail Harris is in Atlanta, and she was one of my uh, original coaching clients, and is now coached by. One of our great coaches, Mr. Eric Reed. So what's going on with Gail? Well, Gail's having a killer start to the year. I know this because I look at all of the vital stats reports that our clients send to their coaches so that we're tracking your numbers and we know if you are on track, ahead, or off track. So Gail is having a great year. She's got tons and tons of leads. She has so far, let's see what we've got here, uh, eight current pendings. And I think the last time I checked this, she had ten, so she has had some closings already this year. She's got tons and tons of buyers um, filled in all of her leads, and, and one of the questions we ask in that vital stats report is, what was your biggest victory? A buyer under contract. This is just from her last coaching call. Buyer under contract, townhome under contract, before it was even listed, offer on a new listing going on uh, in about a day, and tons of new listing appointments. So that is the way to start out the year. Not only that, but I happen to know about Gail from having coached her before, that when Gail goes on a listing, generally she takes it. She uses lots of professional techniques, and she's got just such a stellar start to this year. We know that when you guys have a great first quarter, it sets the tone for the rest of the year. And I would say, Tim, based on these vital stats, because, you know, I look at what the coaches get so that I am always kind of uh, know what's happening with all of our great clients, 
generally speaking, I'm seeing a huge influx in the number of leads that they're tracking. And, you know, we watched, that's great, but leads on their own don't have any value. It's the appointments that we also track. So keep up the good work, guys. And just a special shout out to Gail. If you guys have any uh, referrals in the Atlanta area, we have lots of great Atlanta coaching clients. But Gail's doing a particularly stellar job, so you can always send it her way. Back to you, Tim. And that's, but you just touched on something. Uh, coaching clients, as thousands of you are, make sure you're completing the vital stats report um, every week. Julie and I do look at those. We do get a report, and your coach obviously gets a sample or gets a copy of that as well. So, and it's a great way. It's almost like a, I don't know, a diary of your business because after you know months, two months, three months, we can start seeing trends, and we can start saying, well, you know, you're strong in June, but you're not so great in May. What's going on in April that causes May to drop off? So, there's all these kinds of nice long-term forecasting planning we can do when you guys are completely uh, following the system. So, Julie. This is an interesting topic as far as the mindset stuff. Mindset is one of the things that uh, resonates the most. You know, our shows get syndicated on Inman and about you know ten other sites. And one of the we all we watch to see which shows get the most listens because they'll tell us what we need to give you guys more of. And the mindset stuff is always the thing that really resonates the most with people. And I'll say that I think this year is going to be more important than any other year in the past probably since 2007 and 2008 when the wheels came off the real estate market and the economy on a whole, this year is going to be really challenging to keep your mindset in track, despite the fact interest rates are great, despite the fact there's tons of buyers out there, despite the fact that the market's actually kind of, uh, you know, it's becoming more of an equilibrium market, and not in all markets. Obviously, we have coaching clients in, in parts of the country that, you know, you list one house overpriced by 100%, and you'll have 100 people want to buy it for, you know, even 100% more than that. I get it. I mean, that's still happening. But, you know, the fact is, is you are in the right place at the right time, and yet, there's, you're going to be surrounded with negative stuff this year. It's going to come almost all from the media, from politics, from the presidential election. There's going to be such a nasty um, you know, media cycle over the next 12 months that it's going to be almost impossible to escape it. You're going to have to be very conscious of your mindset. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself being dragged down a hole of essentially failure. And again, it happens, it sneaks in. You'll watch one story, you'll read one thing on the internet, and the next thing you know, like a sponge, you're all of a sudden starting to absorb other negative things. Notice when you're talking to somebody who's negative, and it could be in the form of a client or a friend or a family member or an agent, it doesn't matter. Notice how basically you don't walk away from that experience, you know, feeling positive, or you look, you know, all of a sudden you start attracting more negative stuff to you. Um, you know, the secret, you guys remember that from years ago, that was kind of a bunch of baloney, but the essence of it was true, that if you can basically have control of your mindset, if you can essentially be monitoring what you're thinking, and this goes back to some of the ego stuff, but if you can be monitoring what you're thinking and then choosing what to take action on opposed to just essentially going wherever the strongest wind blows you, you will ultimately have control of your destiny. And we're your business coaches, right? So we're focused on helping you guys make money. So, Julie, um, this, to this particular topic, let us know how you came up with it. You wrote something really interesting here. Well, you know, this is something that we hear from the coaches get frustrated sometimes. And, you know, it's one of those things where two or three calls in a row, somebody seems to just be kind of stuck in that negativity. So as the person who coaches the coaches, we always ask good questions like, is this a temporary thing, or is this the result of a batch of bad transactions you had? Was it something personal? What happened? But no matter what caused it, 
everyone has the goal to dump the negativity, the title of today's podcast. So that's what kind of got me going on that. Then I did a little bit of research, so I wanted to just share this and just kind of stay with me on this because the point that we're making here is not just the effect that it has on your business and your family, but right down literally to your lifespan. So let me share some stats that uh, I looked up on this topic. So as reported in an article in The Lancet, researchers in San Diego examined the death records of almost 30,000 Chinese Americans and compared them to over 400,000 randomly selected run-of-the-mill, we'll call them white people. What they found was that Chinese Americans, not whites, die significantly earlier than normal by as much as five years if they have a combination of disease and birth year, which Chinese astrology and Chinese medicine consider to be ill-fated. The researchers found that the more strongly the Chinese Americans attached to traditional Chinese superstitions, the earlier they died. When they examined the data, they concluded that the reduction in life expectancy could not only be explained, could not be explained by genetic factors, couldn't be explained by lifestyle choices, not even by the behavior of the patients, the skill of the doctors, or any other variable except for their belief in what they thought was an ill-fated just turn of events, the combination of birth year and something else wrong with them. So why did they die younger? Well, as we said, the researchers concluded they died younger not because they have Chinese genes, but because they have Chinese beliefs. They believe they will die younger because the stars have hexed them, and their negative beliefs manifested as a shorter lifespan. That that was very interesting. Now, it's not just Chinese Americans whose fears about their health results in negative health outcomes. That was just a specific study. Another study showed that 79% of medical students report developing symptoms suggestive of the illnesses they're studying, right? So curiously, if you happen to be specializing in, say, bronchitis, there was a high likelihood you were going to develop bronchitis, okay? Because they get paranoid that they'll get sick, their bodies actually comply by getting sick. So want to live longer? Dump the negativity. That was about the most direct example that I could find in my research. Of course, I could have spent the whole ramp up to our points talking about how the negative um, mindset costs you money and it affects your family and every other aspect of life, but I thought I would just cut right to it and tell you if you don't dump the negativity, you're going to die sooner. I thought that was just a more direct approach. Yeah, that kind of makes the point, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I thought I would just fast forward to that, right? Okay. So let's say that you've come to terms with the fact that you'd like to live as long as you can, as healthfully, if that's a word, as healthfully as you can. So want to live longer? Dump the negativity. Ask yourself these questions, and then we're going to share some specific strategies to actually dump the negativity. It's not just enough to say, hey, you know what? Stop thinking negative or you're going to die sooner. We're going to show you how to do it. So get into note-taking mode if that's what you'd like to do. And just to get you ready for that, here's some questions so that you can really be introspective about this. And that sets you up to take these points seriously. Ask yourself questions, am I generally positive or generally negative when something unpredictable happens? That's a good way of taking your temperature of what your innate backup plan is. Do you generally go to the positive and say, well, you know, I'm going to look for the silver lining? Or do you generally go to the negative and hit freak out red line immediately? And you'll know if you're not sure, ask your friends, ask your spouse or significant other. They'll know what your tendency is. Okay, so generally positive or negative. Next, are there certain things that cause me to get into a negative mood or into a slump? 
Sometimes it's simple, lack of working out. It could be bad weather, a deal going sideways, your kid or your spouse being sick. It could be something that simple, but it's helpful to identify what tends to kick off that negativity in you. Next, how once you're in that zone, how do you actually deal with it? Do you recognize it when it happens? Do you have a strategy? How long does it last? Are you somebody that bounces back quickly, or do you make it your theme song for the year? I once had an intro coaching client, Tim, with somebody that said, well, last year wasn't quite as good as I had planned because I had a big commercial deal I was planning on, and it just didn't close in February. Okay, so you made your year about that, right? So are you somebody that bounces back, or do you make it your theme song? So these are all questions to really get introspective about so you can absorb, internalize, and implement the 10 strategies to dump the negativity. Does that make sense, Tim? It does. And, you know, Julie and I like to keep things practical, and I'm not going to talk too long here, Julie, because I know you have a great first point. But if you guys are looking for a practical way to use this information, a coaching clients, you know what I'm going to tell you. Um, you know, how about this? Start having a media-free life. Literally just completely purge media. No TV, you know, no CNN, no MSNBC, no Fox, no reading this, that, and the other, no knowing, you know, who cares what the drama is that's going on in the world. Just completely and totally isolate yourself. If something really important happens, I assure you that somebody's going to tell you. But for the most part, just absolutely positively put, you, uh, put yourself into a little capsule and then protect yourself. Um, okay, Julie, was that your first point? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you fast-forwarded. You're already stealing my future points, but that's okay. It'll come okay. up again. But you're right. right. Absolutely. That is one very specific strategy. So let's start with number one. Start recognizing the negativity. If you don't see it, you can't fix it. And people that are in very long, drawn-out, historical negative mindsets usually don't realize how bad it's gotten. So start by recognizing it. If you don't see it, you can't fix it. You, you Remember, you can't control the first negative thought that you have, but you can stop yourself and correct course once you identify the issue. In real estate, that's fairly easy to do because it's almost always caused by a circumstantial thing, a prospect, the other agent, your client, an inspection. Uh, my favorite is cut appraisals. You know, you guys will hang up the phone and just immediately freak out, right? So usually you can train yourself to recognize it, at least under the umbrella of your real estate practice. Now, maybe Julie, you need break help that down from a little bit. Some, but, yeah. but, but break that down, right? You said something really profound. You said you f- cannot control the first negative thought, guys. So the first negative thought is going to pop into your head. Those things happen all the time. You know, it's interesting. Julie and I study the crap out of this topic. I mean, we're really fascinated in helping you guys get stronger mindsets. And um, I'll just kind of save you guys the learning curve. You can't control the first thought. It, you shouldn't be giving any power trying to figure out where it came from. Don't think about it. Don't, don't allow your mind to try to explore it. Sometimes we have absolutely horrible thoughts that just show up in our heads randomly about our health, the health of our loved ones, or who knows what, especially when you're under a lot of pressure, right? So the reality of it is is you don't know where the first negative thought came from. You can't control it, and that's okay. It's totally and completely normal. Uh, but now that you're aware of this, what would be abnormal is for you to allow that negative thought to continue manifesting. So if when you have a negative thought, if all of a sudden you start thinking about, well, where did it come from? Is there any validity to it? Is there... Then then all of a sudden that negative thought 
has started to cross over from just a random piece of, you know, static you picked up somewhere in your brain, and now it's becoming something that's going to be severe and serious and have a detrimental effect on your life. So you can't control the negative thought, as Julie said, but you can, when you develop a stronger mindset, control what comes after that. So when you have a negative thought, your your reaction should be, okay, there it is, Mr. Negative Thought. I see you. Oh, aren't you a nasty little thing? Get the heck out of my head. So it does take training to catch it. By the way, negative thoughts are almost always manifestations of ego. Um, and, again, we're going to talk about that on future radio shows. Uh, and, and, again, it is just sort of random things. So just be okay with having the first negative thought. But understand that you can then control uh, what happens after. And, and, and the controlling comes in from identifying it, looking at it, and then uh, excusing it, telling it to get the heck out of your head. I actually say something when I have a negative thought <laughs> to that negative thought that's a lot more aggressive. But as you guys know, I took the no swearing pledge at the beginning of the year for the radio show. And if I swear, I owe the first person that emails me $20. So I'm not going to swear and tell you guys what I actually say to the negative thoughts, but you get the idea. So, Julie, go ahead. All right, good. I'm sure they're keeping an eye on that, too. So yeah. point number two, stop thinking about everything as automatically and immediately either good or bad. Replace it with, it's too soon to tell. You guys are, it, you know, I think some of it is the nature of the business and the people that sometimes you guys deal with. But generally in life, people do this whole judgy, you know, immediate labeling thing of something is either good or it's bad, right? So whether it, it seems good, okay, you just got both sides a really big deal of a listing you're trying to get rid of, that's great. But really, isn't it kind of so t- too soon to tell? That prevents you from pre-spending your commission, for example. And by the same token, oh, my gosh, you know, it was a terrible appraisal. How am I going to deal with this? It's 20 grand low. Oh, this is horrible. It's bad. Well, it's too soon to tell. Probably you can turn it around. Probably you're going to fix this. So when you, when you hear yourself saying, oh, this is fantastic, or oh, this is the end of the world, correct yourself. It's too soon to tell. Because really, it is. And that removes the judgmental quality from what's going on, because that sets the tone for the rest of what you're doing. Just say it's too soon to tell. Adopt that saying, and you'll find that it's very powerful. Point number well, three is related. Tell, yeah, the, go ahead. The too soon to tell go goes for the negative and the positive, right? When they have mm-hmm. a positive experience, you know, opposed to, you know, saying, woohoo, that's great, and then all of a sudden the negative thing happens, and it's, oh, it sucks. So what happens is, as you go through these emotional roller coasters, if you're not, if you don't live by it's too soon to tell, right? If you're going from these constant highs, these constant lows, you get burned out really quick. So whenever you have something bad happen, you know, quote-unquote bad, or anything that's quote-unquote good, just to remind yourself it's too soon to tell. Too soon to tell, by the way, is a very profound way to think about your life in general. So I'm sure all of you have had experiences in the past that you would rather not have had. But isn't it interesting that sometimes with enough time, with enough distance from that experience, you start realizing that there was an embedded lesson in there that you're able to benefit from today. All of you have had experiences like that. All of you have had, you know, that little epiphany where you realize that that bad experience, as you had labeled it, really was a good experience, and maybe had that experience been labeled as too soon to tell opposed to something bad, you would have gotten over it quicker and moved on faster. So the too soon to tell thing, you have to apply that to good experiences and bad experiences. That way you keep an even keel with your emotions and you don't burn yourself out. Julie, what's the next point? That's right. And so point number three is similar, but with a little bit of a different twist. Stop 
thinking in extremes. So catch yourself, look at it this week. Anytime you say any of the following or something like this, this deal's going to die. I'm going to starve this month. I'll never be that good. I'm just a terrible time manager. Look at all those horrible words, starve, die, never, terrible. Well, no wonder you get stuck in negativity. Instead, replace your thinking with, I will take steps today to turn this around. I will be the reason this deal closes. I will take small, manageable steps at improving A, B, and C. Whatever it is that's driving you crazy, instead of just going right to the extreme, because really, that's kind of lazy. If you just cut to that, oh, I'll never be that good. Well, you just gave your excuse, yourself an excuse to not work on anything. It, it seems like it's just a negative statement, but in fact, it's encouraging your own laziness. So stop thinking in extremes to prevent yourself from getting into those negative ruts. Replace with what you will take action on to correct whatever it is that's making you crazy. Point number four, recognize that much of the negativity specifically in real estate stems from the roller coaster ride of income. Make a commitment to generating enough regular lead generation to meet or exceed your monthly income goals based on how you want to live your life, not how it currently is. So to prove this point, how much better would you feel if you today had three more transactions you could count on closing in the next 30 to 45 days? Maybe you already have that. What if it was six more? That proves the point how much of the negativity in real estate stems back to not having that regular income flow. So check yourself on that by, if I were to hand you three great referrals that you knew were going to close, didn't your mindset already shift just by hearing the possibility of that? Of course it did. You know, Tim, I remember our old broker, Rory, that we talk about on the show. You know, it doesn't matter what was happening. He would always tear through the office and go, having a bad day? Feeling bad? Go take a new listing. Go close something. That's right. And that was it. That was his basic coaching, but, but he was right. Yeah. I mean, Julie and I started out like a lot of you guys. You know, when we were early 20s, you know, we were working for a broker. We eventually – you know, got into the, a little bit of the brokering business ourselves. But, boy, that lesson we learned from Rory, that was so important because, you know what, that's just the fact. It, it, it's so funny. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling blue, if you're feeling any – okay, so go take a listing. How much better do you feel having taken a listing? It's so funny how powerful a listing no. actually is emotionally. Now, <laughs> so true. you know, I had, a coach, I had a coaching call with Jerry and June Call this morning. You know, I've coached them for a while. And their goal is to go from having 75 listings at all times to 100 listings at all times. And here's what's really remarkable about them. They've been successful for a long time, fantastic uh, agents, you know, one of the most successful agent couples in the country. And they are so excited because they decided to go from 75 listings at all times to 100 listings at all times. And for them to go from 75 to 100 at all times, they're not having to you know, move heaven and earth, they're only having to do a little bit of tweaks here, a little bit of upgrades there, make this better, make that better. So a lot of you guys are in the same situation that you can actually make dramatic increases in your revenue. You know, Julie talked about listings, and it's always going to center around listings. If you guys are not embracing the idea of being a listing agent, if that's not like the, on the forefront of your mind, if you're not absolutely positively convinced that being a listing agent is where all the leverage comes from, is where all the ca consistent cash flow comes from. Let us help you get your thinking straight about that and request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And, Julie, I want to do a special shout-out to our title sponsor, MojoSells.com. You guys have heard us talk about Mojo before. I know a lot of you guys are subscribers to Mojo. 
if there's one basic tool aside from our coaching that you need to be successful in this business, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind it's mojosells.com. Um, you know, you guys, I've told you this before, but we do get a lot of requests for people to be sponsors for the radio show. They offer us money and they want us to plug their products. And I would say nine times out of ten we say no. And when Mojo expressed interest, we, of course, said yes. It's a fantastic company. You need to align yourself with them. One of the basic tools you need to have in your toolbox. So listen, guys, anytime you need us for anything, we love the feedback. We talked about that at the top of the show today. You can email me directly at tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Thank you for making this the number one listen-to radio show by agents. We have over 100,000 regular listeners. The listenership is growing. I suspect that by the end of this year, it might be over 200,000, 250,000 based on the current trajectory. And that's pretty cool, considering there's only a million, million two agents we're actually able to communicate with, you know, now it's 10 or 15% of you. Maybe towards the end of the year it will be 25% of you. That tells me that agents out there are looking for a fresh approach to real estate, a practical, honest, ethical approach to real estate that really kind of clears the clutter in their minds and helps them focus on being of service to other people and making the most of this incredible market. If there's anything we can be doing for you guys, always, of course, know that we're here for you. Clients or not, we're here for you. Just ask for help. Tim at timandjulieharris.com and Julie at timandjulieharris.com, and you guys have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows, and until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.